You're listening to the Hometown Crowd Podcast, part of the 910 Comedy Podcast Network. On tonight's episode of Hometown Crowd, the Woodpeckers are headed to the playoffs. We'll take a look at the path they took to get there. We'll also talk about the first week in college football, Jadavian Cloudy trade rumors, and Boogie Cousins is in legal trouble. Finally, the Marksmen release their promotional schedule and we talk about which games we're most interested in. Get on your feet, you're cheering with the Hometown Crowd. Welcome to episode 5 of Hometown Crowd, your source for sports news across the country and in our backyard of Fayetteville, North Carolina. I'm one of your hosts, Tim Dipple. Hey everybody, I'm Mike. And hey, what do you know, we made the playoffs. Woo! In their inaugural season today, the Woodpeckers, uh, they clinched a playoff berth last night. It's playoff baseball is the best baseball. And it's coming to Fayetteville. Yes. Uh-huh. We'll dive into that a lot here soon, uh, a little bit later, but first... It's opening weekend of college football, Mac. One of our favorite times of the year. It, 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 it's, it's, it's kind of a little piece of heaven starts should, today. It should be a holiday. Uh, it really should. It really um, should. I mean, it's good thing it's falling on Labor Day. Yeah. You know, you know who's not celebrating? My wife. Uh, uh, well. She's already, to, she's already ready to bust out the, we interrupt this se- this marriage for football season yeah. sign that we bought last year. But you know what? Um, she knew what she was getting into. She did. I mean. Uh, all right. You know, and she's somehow affiliated with the Gators, so I don't quite feel so bad. And we compromised. We watched a little bit of the Gators game last week. It was not a pretty game. No. Um, uh, that was awful. Yeah. Um, not sure how they're ranked number eight. Oh, it's Florida. You know, it's... Constant years of being overrated, and then they shit the bed, and then they, you know, forget how to play offense for a little bit. And after a couple of years of that, they fire their head coach and bring in a new guy. But I mean, I think Dan Mullen's going to be really good for them. He knows how to recruit Florida. Uh, he won at Mississippi State. That's one of the hardest jobs to do anything at because really, one, who wants to go to Mississippi? <laughs> Two, who wants to go to Starkville, Mississippi? So, right. Um, I argued with somebody on Twitter about how much Mississippi and Alabama suck today. Mm. Uh, and you know, he made fun of me being a journalist. So I went and journalismed him and told him how shitty they are across the board. <laughs> um, you know, like that. But, but I mean, really, it's 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 hard to get talent down to Starkville, and he managed to do it. Mm. You know, so I think he could. He's going to be a lot better for Florida than Jim McElwain was. Yeah, but that's not hard though. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean McElwain's in cent- at Central Michigan right now, so. Trying to rebuild his career. You know who's not starving for talent? Clemson. Clemson. <laughs> Clemson dominated last night. What was it? 51-7, I think? 51-14. 51 yeah, the, the, the Yellow Jackets put up a late touchdown. But mm. uh, Dabo, in all his greatness, and that's all you can say. The guy's a great coach. Uh, he's a great manager of personalities. And he just recruits, man. Um, and I don't care who you're a fan of. Uh, Etienne might have the best drive of any running back in college football. <laughs> because he hits top speed it's just so fast. And then it seems like he takes one step, he just ate five yards. You know, like it's ridiculous. Uh, you know, that 90-yarder he ripped off. Uh, and Lawrence didn't look particularly good last night. No, he took a step back. Um, uh, well, I just think that's one of those. Two interceptions. Yeah, I'm a bit rusty, but wait, I give him a week. You know, like the guy, there's a reason there's scouts out there that are saying he's NFL ready. Yeah. You know? I mean, he had four turnovers all of last year. He had yeah. two last night. Yeah, I mean. Everybody's going to take a step back. Who's to say that he even has two more turnovers for the year? <laughs> Um, I mean, they that is just a, such a good team, and uh, you know, as a Buckeyes fan, you know, I don't ever want to see Clemson in a bowl game again after that that playoff shellacking we got uh, a couple years ago. But um, I mean, I, I just he's really just ever since uh, he took over for Terry Bowden, he's just got that team on the map, and. 
you know, it may be like 1A and 1B between Clemson and Alabama. But Who isn't number one to open the yeah. season this year. And I think that's like the first time in a while. In a good yeah. long while. Even when they don't win the championship, they're usually preseason well, number one. Let's face it, it's it's a professional team playing much football. I mean, he's getting five star recruits to sit two years so they have an opportunity to win a championship. You know? Yeah. I mean, it's it's amazing what Saban's able to do. Um, you know, I think that that debacle in Miami with the Dolphins kind of humbled him a little bit, and he went back to what he does best: college football. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's just been swinging that big stick. But you know, eventually he's going to retire, and there's going to be Dabo left standing. Yeah. And I yeah. always forget that Saban has ties to Cleveland. Yeah. I, I forget that he coached, I think, behind Belichick. He did. Uh, back before the Browns moved to Baltimore. Yeah. And I always forget that he, he was, was on also, that sideline. He was also head coach at Akron. Yeah. So, I mean, the dude, he, he he's just so good. That's like, the guy's one of the greatest head coaches to, mm-hmm. to coach the game. Um, you know, so uh, it's it's as a Buckeyes fan with a new head coach and uh, supposedly a new superstar quarterback. Um, we have, we have plenty to worry about. Yeah. You know, but we're no one, no one is catching Alabama Clemson right now. No, no, one. no. Um, not even Georgia. No, fuck no. Um, I don't, don't get me started. So um, it's one, two and everybody else. And everybody else. else. Uh, you know, Georgia completely, they play Bama close. Like you, you can't take that away from them. But I'm telling you right now, talent-wise, Georgia's up there. Like, year in, year out, they're pulling top five recruiting classes. Yeah. But then, at that point, it comes down to coaching. Yeah. And Saban loses his offensive coordinator every year. Okay. Uh, (laughs) Because everybody wants a little bit of that. Everybody thinks that it's somebody other than Saban. And, I mean, it's got to be Saban. Yeah. I think Saban does a good job of letting his offensive coordinators implement their schemes based on this is what I expect. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, dude, he got Lane Kiffin the job at Florida Atlantic, you know, uh, letting him rehab there for a little bit. Who we get to beat up on tomorrow. Yeah, God, it's going to be so bad. Uh, um, but, you know, it's just like it's the, it's going to be Bama and Clemson and then everybody else, and it's it's not even close. Um, you know, and that that's what sucks to say. You know, like the playoff. Anybody can get in. No, Bama, Clemson. You have two shots. Yeah, you, know, you two don't spots. have four. You have two. <laughs> um, elsewhere in college football last night, UCLA. Oh, they fell to Cincinnati, and a lot of people were predicting that. Well, let's face it. Luke Fickle caught hell mm-hmm. uh, after that uh, interim year, and you know, at Ohio State, when Jim Tressel decided he was going to lie for everybody, knowing full well they broke all the rules. Right. Um, and honestly, I, as you know, we're Buckeyes fans. I was totally okay with that. I think Ohio State shouldn't even have wait, wasted the time they did. The minute they found out he lied, you fire him. Yeah. Um, you know, I said the same thing about Urban last year. Uh, he pulls a three-game suspension for lying to his boss. About literally one of the worst coaches that's ever coached wide receivers, right? And Zach Smith, right. um, you know, you're you're the head man. You're responsible for everything that happens underneath you. Mm-hmm. Um, but Fickle caught hell, and it's like, dude, when you have like a month's notice that you're gonna be the head coach of Ohio State, your alma mater, and all everybody's doing is trying to pick you apart because of everything that happened. Yeah, it's not gonna look good. Um, you know, he finishes six and seven. And then he sticks around when they hire Urban, you know, which I loved. Because look at our defenses. They played better when Fickle was the co-defensive coordinator. Um, maybe not that first year under Urban, but definitely the second year. Right. Much better. Uh, you know, Chris Ash was a good defensive coordinator. He's the head coach in Rutgers now. Okay. Um, where he's just awful. And this is what, Fickle's third year? Uh, I think second or third, um, but he won ten games last year. He was hired in December twenty sixteen. Okay. So yeah, third year, yeah, third season. But he won ten games last year in Cincinnati, mm-hmm. and he's going toe to toe with recruits against Ohio State. Yeah, um, I mean, who lost a lot of recruiting power with Meyer stepping out? Yeah, I mean, <clears throat> that's the thing. I, I don't put a lot of stock into the kids are going there for the coach, knowing full well that these guys know. I could be there my freshman year and my coach is leaving. Yeah. Uh, because, you know, there's no repercussions for a coach leaving. 
uh, but try and transfer. Right. You, know? you seem to have some very strong feelings on that. Yeah. I mean, well, they had this kid from Coastal Carolina that was transferring to Virginia Tech because his mom mm-hmm. had a brain tumor. Right. He applied for immediate eligibility to play, and the NCAA said no. Justin Fields, on the other hand, I'm not saying that what happened down at UGA was right. You know, people were using racist slurs towards him. Yeah. But he got off. But it's not the same as a, a family emergency. Yeah, that, that's it's not. Um, you know, and let's face it, it, the NCAA went from kind of granting immediate, immediate eligibility this summer, and then they changed the rules. And now they've made it a lot harder for students, student athletes to be able to do that. But, like, as a coach, oh, no, man, I'm just going to sign a 10-year contract here, but I'm leaving after year three. Yeah. You know? So I hate that. Yeah. Um, but I, I think students go, and what's more important are the training rooms, the stadium atmosphere, uh, the program, um, and the ability to win championships. Now, Ohio State took a ding, losing Meyer. Okay, I got it. But for me, Urban Meyer was never going to be a forever guy. Mm-mm. He's got wanderlust. He doesn't stick around his programs very long. Um, and, I'm, you know, it's whatever. Like, it, he's an adult. He's a grown man. He's shown he's one of the best coaches in college history. Um, but, I mean, <clears throat> you, 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 Urban Meyer's not the guy you count on to get four years out of. Yeah. Like, for me as a recruit, and I'm going to tell you, as like, as a parent, if my son was good enough to where he's being recruited. You tell him, look at the school well, I'm gonna and tell the program. Him, yeah. Wherever Meyer is, you're not going there. <laughs> because after six, seven years, he's done. Yeah. Oh, my head hurts. So, you so know? Fickle's in his third year. Yes. Looks like he's starting to get his legs under yeah. him. On the flip side, he goes up against Chip Kelly. Who? Chip Kelly in his second year at UCLA. Yeah. And man, you know, at Oregon, you and I both saw that, that offense mm-hmm. and that program, and they were better conditioned, and they were faster, and they were more athletic, and they just ran you to death. Um, but the thing is, teams in college football still use the spread, but it's mm-hmm. different now. Right. Uh, even being away from college for only, what, like three years, four years? Um, that's that's a, an eternity with the way these... these. I mean, the, the game changes so much. Yes. You know, so he's like, okay, I'm going to just take my college uh, acumen down to L.A. Yep. And, you know, I'm going to make UCLA great again. That's not how that works, uh, especially when you're working with a quarterback who isn't mobile and athletic like you need for his system. Right. Um, he's no Mariota. Yeah. You know, he just, well, I'll, I'll run these guys. We're going to condition. It didn't work that well last year. And I really don't think it's going to work this year. And let's face it, the Pac-12 sucks. It's just, I hate the football. Yeah. I hate Pac-12 they're, football. They're, they're the only conference, only Power 5 conference to not make it to the uh the bowls recently yeah i mean and there's a reason for it it's they're they're not good teams the pac-12 is a top heavy league oregon's the only team i think who's made it and that was just the first year yeah. when ohio state took it all mm-hmm. you know like they it, with Mariota. yeah <laughs> you know it's not a pretty it's not a pretty league like stanford you know it was always at the top um david shaw it seems to have like one down here and they bring get brings back up you know he's got a good thing going to stanford you know oregon's on their like third head coach in five mm-hmm. years. Um, UCLA is hot garbage. USC is never going to win anything with Clay Helton as a head coach. Um, but, you know, you look at the rest of that Arizona Arizona State, Utah, which might be the best team in the league, uh, just overall organizationally. The most talent is still with Southern Cal. Mm-hmm. They just don't know how to get coached because Clay Helton sucks. Right. You know, I just – the Pac-12 is – if we're talking like power five uh, leagues, it's the worst. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're so bad off financially, even though they were the first conference, power five conference start their own TV network. They're looking at selling shares of the conference to private investors <laughs> um, to raise capital. Mm. You know, uh, I don't know if you know, but their president, the, the Pac-12 president used to be head of the Women's Tennis Association. So he had to be really creative with how he marketed players and, and, put asses in seats and had eyeballs on TVs and the Pac-12 was like, we're going to, we're expanding. We're being in, you know, Utah, Colorado, um, you know, and Utah, a lot of people are picking them to win the conference. I like Utah. Um, they, they, they seem to just win. Like they'll, they'll have their, their down years, but it's, it's a well-run, you know, uh, program. But I mean, that just Pac-12 just, I'd I'd rather watch a little 10 
or the little 12, excuse me. Um, <laughs> you know, but they're no defense. But we'll we'll get to more college next week. We do have a special guest next week. Yes. Uh, our good friend Heather is going to join us. We're going to have a, a lot of talk about college football. Go Tigers. Yeah, she's a big LSU fan. It's gross. Um, it's so gross. But it should be it should make for some fun conversation. Yes, because Heather uh, is probably the most over-opinionated LSU fan I've ever met. And that's saying something. And finally, we'll have somebody who doesn't agree with yes. us. Yes, yes. Uh, <laughs> it, it, it's really easy to, like, cheer on Ohio State together, but now we'll have somebody else in there. That should be fun. Yeah. Uh, so next week we'll have a very college football heavy uh, show. We'll be talking about predictions. We'll be recapping week one. We'll cover it all. Uh, jumping over to the NFL, uh, Jadavian Clowney, who is the subject of a bunch of trade rumors. Yeah, still holding out. Uh, he stated today he does not want to go to Miami, but Miami puts a great deal on the yeah. table for him. I mean, the Texans really need offensive line help. Uh, it looks like the Dolphins front office is going for a complete teardown. So they offered Laramie Tunzel in a first-rounder. And Laramie Tunzel, you know, he's a first-round pick. First round next year? Uh, yeah, for next season. Uh, and, I mean, that very well may be the number one. Yeah. Uh, um, but, uh, you know, the thing is, is Jadavian Clowney's got all the leverage here. Uh, yeah. he can't be traded unless he signs the, the franchise tender. Right. Um, and he's made it abundantly clear. I'm not going to Miami. Like he wants to go to a place where he's got a decent chance of winning. Um, and Miami's not that place. No. Uh, Miami's years off of being a functioning football team. Um, again, I mean, I mean, for one, Fitzpatrick just won the starting yeah, job there. Fitz magic, just uh, yeah. But let's face it; they'll get three good games out of him, and then you'll see Rose on the field. Yeah, because that's all you get. <laughs> that's all you get out of Fitzpatrick. It's three games. Yeah, and he's gonna have like one game where he throws five touchdowns, and the next t- game he's gonna throw six interceptions. So, I mean, he's not. I, I, for me, if you're just gonna throw it in and say we're gonna suck this year, play play Rose and see what you got. Um, Maybe he surprises you. Yeah, exactly. Maybe he does so well, you realize, I have a lot of holes as a franchise. I can trade down from the number one or number two pick and then plug holes. Um, Granted, you're going to get your balls busted because you still got uh, Tua and Herbert. Mm -hmm. You know, they're probably going to go top two. Yeah. Um, But when you get down to it, if you don't need the quarterback, that's a pick of value. And you could just demolish somebody's draft stock you know, offering up a number one pick and just moving down a couple, you know? So, and that's, that's what Miami's going to need. They're, they, they're the Browns three years ago. They got holes all over the place and they all need to be filled. And the thing is, is rather than taking a two or three year look at this, Miami's like, okay, we're just going to suck this year. We're going to gather all these picks and then we're going to be smart with our free agent money. And it's Miami. People are going to come down here. Cause it's wanna, Miami. Yeah, it's Miami. South um, Beach. But the thing is, is the NFL is a little different. It's not 12 players. It's 53. And, yeah, man, that is cool. Go to Miami and play. And you're going to be the athlete that gets made fun of most on South Beach, outside of maybe the Marlins players. <laughs> um, but the Marlins players would actually speak Spanish because they have a lot of Latin players on that team. Yep. Um, and then you're just the, the dude in South Beach who can't speak any Spanish on the really crappy football team. So... You know, I mean, it's. I mean, and, and football's not as flashy of a sport as, say, basketball. Yeah, but Miami for a long time was a football town. A long time. You know, and it lost ground to the Heat. And, uh, you know, they had. To, it hurts me to say this. They had two World Series. <laughs> um, One of those really hurts. Yeah, yeah. Um, but. The Miamis are kind of, you know, the Dolphins are kind of an afterthought. And then you have the Panthers there, too. So it's not like it was, um, you know, in the 80s and early 90s where Miami was the only game in town. You know, the Dolphins. And then the NBA expands, you get the Heat. And then the NHL expands, you get uh, the Florida Panthers. And then right. Major League Baseball expands, you get the Marlins. <clears throat> That's all I got to say about that. Um, <laughs> You know, so, but yeah, Miami's going to be bad. I don't blame Clowney. Use the leverage um, to, to get in where you want to go. I mean, th- this is important for players. You, you as, a, as a rookie getting drafted, you have no say in where you're going to be employed. You have none. Hmm. Where you get drafted, it's where you're going. So you work your ass off for four years on a rookie contract. You're good enough 
to sign his second contract, which most NFL players don't get. Right. Okay. Clowney's a good football player. He doesn't have the he doesn't have the sack numbers, but the guy is the dude that is stupid disruptive. Yep. He plays the run a heck of a lot better than anybody gave him credit for. And he can play with his hand down or standing up. Yeah. So having that kind of versatility makes him, you know, that much bigger of an asset. Mm-hmm. Um, and he gets a lot of tackles behind the line of scrimmage. And maybe they're not sacks, but you know what else is just as good as a five yard loss on a sack? At getting you know, stuff in a running back, three yards right. in the backfield. Okay. Right. Absolutely. Um but now players are realizing we have leverage going into our second contract. We can pick and choose where we want to go. Um, if the, the team I'm currently playing for, the team that drafted me, isn't giving me the big deal, you know that they're going to slap that franchise tender on you. You have to sign it to play. Okay, I don't want to... I feel I'm worth more on the market. Look at the Khalil Mack deal. Right. Okay, uh, DeMarcus Ware. Um, Aaron Donald. You know, he's a defensive tackle, but these are pass rushing defensive linemen, um, which is the second highest paid position behind quarterback now. <laughs> Clowney wants a piece of that. Mm-hmm. He feels his market share is better. So yeah, dude, I'm all for it. I, you know, I want to get, I want the players to get paid. Absolutely. I want that. Because let's face it, you know, his first game back, he could blow out his knee and that's it. You know? And no guaranteed money. Yeah. No guaranteed money. Um, and then, unless it's specifically negotiating in right. the contract, look at Cousins, right. like that dude, his agent deserves more than 10% for that. Okay? <laughs> um, but, uh, you know, I, I, I like how this is going. I, I know a lot of fans will disagree with me, you know, because we hear it all the time. They just need to be on the field and play. Right. Dude, no. Okay, how would you like me to come down to your place of fucking business and be like, yo, you are going to stay here for five years even though you have a better deal out there? I mean, everybody would hate that. Yeah. I mean, what would you say? Nah, dude, uh-uh. You're like, they're just grabbing a bag and tossing stuff off your desk in there and you're just like throwing it over your shoulder and you're walking, you know? Like, yep. They, I might not even do that. Yeah, you know? I mean, that's the thing. Like, we expect, we act like these guys are different. They're not in the same position as, as us. This is not a sport. This is a business. Yep. And it's a billion, multiple billion dollar business. Absolutely. Like, sorry, dude. They're in the same boat we are. And if you got a better deal out there... Take it, make more money, have a better quality of life, and that's, that's get all paid because you're not going to be able to for yeah. very long either. Yeah, you know, I mean, it just I, I, I see, you know, like the people that are busting Zeke's balls, and you know, Dak. He, I, I mean, I don't think he's worth forty mil, but I'll split the difference and go thirty five. Right. Okay. Um. You know, to Davian Clowney, let still me puts him at one of the like top three. Yeah. yeah. You know, like these guys have a short shelf life. Make your money when you can. Um. You know, especially a defensive end. Yeah. You know, this isn't this isn't quarterback. Yeah. This is a defensive end, you know. Um, I mean, granted, I, I really see Aaron Donald playing like 600 years because that guy has no body fat. <laughs> and it just seems like he's this—he's a superhero. He's built like a superhero. But, I mean, defensive linemen, offensive linemen, they're constantly in contact every single play. Mm-hmm. You don't know what can go wrong. So, yeah, I, to, I, want, I want Clowney to make his money. Um, just not Miami. I don't wish the Dolphins on any player right now. So who do you go to? I mean... Who, been, who, who can put together a trade the, for him? The issue right now is, is salary cap space because he signs the tender that's 15... I think it was $15.6 million. Okay. Okay. There's very few teams that have that kind of open cap space right now. The Colts are one of them. Um, and that was even before, like, Luck is, he counts towards the cap this year. Right. He's going to get his contract for the year, like 27 mil. Something like that. Yeah. 24, 27. Yeah, something like that. It's in the 20s. Okay. But the Colts still had 40 million in open cap space. $40 million. Um, yeah. And then you have the Browns. I think they're still rolling like 45, 50 mil. The Mm -hmm. Seahawks have a lot of open cap space. Um, and, and the thing is the Browns. They don't really need him. No. Um, you know, you've got Olivia Vernon and, and uh, Garrett Miles on... Miles Garrett. Miles Garrett, thank you, on, on as the bookends. <laughs> you know, what they need, honestly, is probably more defensive tackle depth. I think that would yeah. probably go a long way. and Or a comparable right guard. Yeah. Okay. Um, the Seahawks... You know, they are just doing Seahawks things. Uh, they've managed to keep winning. It's it's crazy. 
Uh, I, I wouldn't be surprised if you saw Clowney in a Seahawks uniform because they, they managed to do smart trades. Yeah. Um, and you know they love their defense. Yeah. And, and the thing is, I think he would be so good in that because, like I said, he can play with his hand down. He can play standing up. And the thing is, he's a good enough athlete. You, you can drop him in coverage from either the standing or in a three-point position. You know, that would be great. I mean, I, Indy, I mean, why not at this point? Uh, you know, <laughs> Uh, hey, Houston, you need offensive line help? We got a little bit of that, you know. Yeah. I mean, just get the fans excited about something. Right, because you know? <laughs> they're hurting. I've seen a lot of really oh, uh, really bad comments about luck in the last week or so. And, and before we go on to the next thing, that, that's I think that's what really needs to be talked about. It, when you're struggling with your physical health, mm-hmm. the way he was, uh, you know, I, I've done it just as a veteran. Like, when, you, when you're physically hurting, it affects your mental health. Yep. He's catching hell because he's like, yo, I need to take a step back. I need to take care of myself. I need to get healthy. I mean, and we live in a society where we talk about mental illness almost on a daily basis. Yeah. And and it it really, really sucks. Whether we're talking sports or not, mental health mental illness is in the news constantly. Yeah. It's 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 a topic of conversation. This is somebody who's taking care of his mental health. He's realizing that he needs to not be on that field, putting his body at risk because it's going to affect his mind. And he's got a great mind. He's a Stanford graduate. I mean, two days later, you had an NFL player going, my mental health, I need help. Yeah. I mean, I think that's what I really appreciate most about him and Gronk. Uh, You know, people just see Party Boy Gronk, you know, shotgun and beer on the Super Bowl float. But the thing is, he's standing up. One, he's put a lot of money away. Mm-hmm. He, he never touched a dollar of any contract. He lived off his endorsement money, you know. So he's got fifty million dollars in the bank, right? And then he invested it in a product, you know. And people are probably, you know, I'll catch hell for this, but it's it's CBD oil. You know, it, studies have shown that that will cut pain levels down for people. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it, it's smart, and like you said, Gronk was sitting there saying football wasn't fun anymore and it, my mental health was suffering and I didn't he's like you know and uh one of the other things he said he's like I took a shot to the quad I spent two days laying down on my stomach because I couldn't move yeah you know I mean we expect these guys like it's expected that you are supposed to perform for me yeah but I was talking about you know? McLean okay yeah yeah McLean, McLean yeah. was like I need help yeah. help me yeah but he's not getting it and I mean if if luck stays on that field he very well may end up in McLean's situation, yeah. and that's a that's a fantastic mind to yeah. waste, you know. So so let Luck do what he needs to do. Yeah, I I don't understand this. Oh, he fucked the franchise. He fucked us. Fuck him. Yeah, it, it, it's ridiculous. You don't know when. Like your body isn't giving you a timetable on when it's going to quit. Right. Sometimes it happens in week three of the preseason, you know. So indie fans, calm down. Like take a Xanax, sit down, you know, and then relax. Uh, because apparently Ryan Grigson thinks pretty highly of Brissett. Uh, you know, he feels that his team's still going to be set. So, you know, I think just appreciate what the guy did on the field. Appreciate what he's going to do off the field because he's going to do good things either way. You know, and uh, and Brissett may surprise us. I mean, you said yourself he showed flashes yeah. uh, when he was when he stepped in for luck before. Mm-hmm. He may end up being the guy. Yeah, I mean, this, this time he knows the playbook. You know, he yeah. wasn't he wasn't just thrust into it after uh, two weeks of trying to get a whole playbook in. You know, so I mean, it, it you know this isn't the end of the world. No. Um, you know, it, you are losing a generational talent, but this is a dude who just. Needed to take a timeout, you know, hit the reset button and, you know, get healthy and do something else, man. Like, it happens. Yeah. You know, like, we haven't lived through a player retirement before, you know. Right. Uh, every one of us has. You, right. It doesn't matter what you're a fan of. It could be it could be curling, all right? Yeah. Your favorite curler retired at one point and the new guy stepped up, so. Yeah. Do you think we'll see a lot more people follow Luck's steps? I mean, I... I... <laughs> You know, you you were talking earlier, Justin Herbert. People are yeah are, are shying away, possibly shying away. There, there's some talk that his his draft stock may go oh, down because is, he is a very intelligent person and a highly rated quarterback. Maybe he goes the luck route, gets his money, and leaves. Who 
gives a shit. Get the six years out of him. <laughs> okay? Like, yeah. dude, we, we lived it when LeBron came back. We right? knew we were only getting a couple years of this before he's going to L.A. Hang on for the ride and enjoy it. Right. You know? And uh, what you said, what, Herbert's majoring in biology? Majoring in biology at Oregon. I mean, it is Oregon, but... Uh, <laughs> Nike you. All right. right. No. Um, but no, I mean, that's the thing. So he's got outside interests. Uh, I mean, Craig Krenzel did the same thing. He was nowhere near as athletically talented. No. As uh, Luck or Herbert. But, I mean, he did spend three years in the NFL, you know, spot starting for the Bengals before Dalton got there. And then one day he was like, yo, I'm like an astrophysicist or something. Like, you right. know, he's a, he's a rocket surgeon. And he's like, I don't want to play football anymore. You know? And then he just goes and does whatever the super nerdy science stuff he's doing, you know? <laughs> um, so if, if you only get six years out of Herbert, if you only get that rookie contract, maybe maybe like a two-year deal or whatever, who cares? Right. If he shows he can play and he's going to make your team better for a little bit, do it. Yeah. You I, mean, I mean, you can you can plan for that. Yeah. Um, but but no team should shy away because they think, well, he's got to get a four-year degree, a four-year advanced degree. You know, he's not majoring in communications or, right. you know, basket weaving. Um, <laughs> you know, he's majoring in biology and he's got a good arm. And he's got a great pocket presence. His footwork does need a little bit of work. But he's uh, got a year to do it. And he needs to figure out how to take a snap on her center. <laughs> you know, that'll, that'll happen in, in those OTAs and everything. But, you know, you don't pass up a chance to have that guy put on your uniform because you think, well, he's the smart guy and he's not going to stick around for Tom Brady years. You right. Know? I mean, nobody's, no quarterback sticks around for Tom Brady yeah. years. I mean, dude, we, we lucked out. We, we got Breeze and Brady, who I think between the two of them are 604 years old. <laughs> um, and they're still playing the game at a high level. So, you know, it's just like take that kid, you know, mm-hmm. uh, bring him, you know, as a fan, like, this is going to be my quarterback, whether it's for that rookie contract or Tom Brady and Drew Brees years. Just I mean, enjoy it. And how many of these people love college football? Yeah. And college football rotates sometimes every year. Oh, yeah. Especially at the quarterback position. These right. Days. I mean, we had Haskins last year. We got Martell this year. We had Barrett the year before. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We're, we're used to it. Why, why does it have to be any different? Because they're getting paid. Yeah. Let, let's... Let them make their money and move on. New talent is going to be coming out of college. Yeah. You're always able to draft. Yeah, you could say, you know, maybe Luck should have made his decision before the draft, but maybe Luck was thinking, okay. I'm okay. Okay, hold on. Then I'm okay. I was listening to a podcast, uh, Mina Kimes. So if you guys like the NFL, listen to Mina Kimes' show. It's amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, she is probably one of the most knowledgeable and analytical uh, NFL minds out there mm. and yeah she's a small Korean woman but she's awesome so don't <laughs> don't like have that mindset of well it's a it's a it's a woman no this is a football brain mm. okay who graduated from Yale okay so I, I have a crush on her I'm not gonna lie <laughs> um but I mean she she was well, her and her guests were talking about it and the guy's like listen this could have went one of two ways he lets you know he lets the fans know I'm retiring at the end of the year what happens for that entire season? You automatically get, he has to win a Super Bowl. He has to. You're adding pressure to the whole team. More mental issues. Yeah. Or, you know, just that extra stress, you know, one bounce goes the wrong way, and then next thing you know, they're 9-7 and seven rather than going to the playoffs. Okay? And then you you have that, that pull hanging over the team. Like, where do we go next? At least now, the team knows, Brian Grigson knows, I have to keep my eyes open to see, one, is Brissett going to be a long-term solution at quarterback? Two, how is he going to fit in with the offense? Or is, you know, and then you sit down with Frank Wright. Frank, how are, you know, yeah. are you tweaking things for him? Are you going to keep the same playbook? Yeah. You know, because Brissett maybe isn't as accurate as Andrew Luck, but he's, he's more agile. He's, uh, uh, he's a bigger threat to run. Yeah. Okay. Um, and then if Brissett doesn't work out, well, okay. Um, you've, you've got your eye on Herburn yeah. and Tua and whoever oh, oh, else yeah. all year. Whoever the other quarterbacks uh, are. Directional State University yeah. QB of the year. Yep. Uh, like, and then you're you're essentially uh, auditioning Brissett for somebody who may want to trade him. Yeah. You know? So, I mean, it's you're taking the pressure off of the Colts. Yeah. You know, game three of the preseason, blah, 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 blah. But again, 
you don't know when your body's just like i'm done yeah you know like it's not like well i got two weeks before my body's like okay it's time to call it quits no like some days you get out of bed and you're like it's not happening today yeah you know? <laughs> i mean and that that's that that's what mental illness is is you could be fine one day and the next day you're not yeah and either one of those could last for a long period yeah and chronic pain like i deal with it with my back you know it's no fun you know and and the his cycle of uh summer practices and rehab going into the season he gets injured i'm back to rehab there's no downtime yeah it's just one constant cycle and he's done it for what like four years yeah you know and then he's got this you know the whatever the the lower extremity issue is right um, the high ankle injury. Yeah, the high ankle, the low ankle, the, the bone injury. That Whatever it was. It. Yeah. Um, you know, there might be something more to it than we know. <laughs> and, I mean, I, I'm glad he retired because now he can go as a private citizen yeah. without, like, Adam Schefter up his ass. Like, hey, Andrew, like, how's that leg coming, you know? Like, right. And I, I love Schefter and his work ethic, you know. He's just out there getting after it, but... You know, he can just be like, wake up on a Tuesday morning at eight, like, yo, I'm going to the orthopedic surgeon. <laughs> you know, and he doesn't have to worry about anything. So, I mean, it's, I, I want good things for luck. I want good things for football players. I want good things for, you know, uh, a roller derby or late roller mm-hmm. derby. I want good things for WM. I just want good things for these athletes because they they sit there and put out for us every time we go to an arena or a field or wherever. Right. And we watch them. Right. You know, we're living vicariously through them because. You know, we come from genetically deficient stock, and that's why we're sitting in the seats. You know, rather than out there. But the but they don't owe us anything. No, not at all. No. Uh, let's shift gears a little bit. Uh, head down to L.A. and our first talk about the NBA. Yeah. Um, we'll get to Boogie here in just a second, Ooh. but I want to get your thoughts on something. Uh, staying in L.A. Kobe says this week oh, he'd man. have won twelve rings if he had had a healthy Shaq. Yeah. Yeah, and then Shaq fired back with something and said, I thought you were talking about me, but said something about Dwayne. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that, that's the thing. Shaq is this huge presence. Mm-hmm. His personality is big. He's big physically. But you know what he isn't? He's not a type A personality. Um, he enjoyed playing basketball. He enjoyed everything that came He definitely in. looked like he enjoyed it. Yeah, he looked like he had fun. Yeah. That's not Kobe Bryant, man. Kobe no, Bryant no. is this tight wad, type A, um, gotta win at all costs type guy. And that was never Shaq. Like right. when they, I remember when Shaq uh, gets traded, or excuse me, signs that deal in LA, and it's like, whoa, Shaq and Kobe, you know? Right. In LA, uh, you know, Shaq gets out of Disney Town. Uh, <laughs> Orlando. Yeah. Um, you know, and it's it's like... From one Disney to the other. Yeah. Um, but it, it got a lot of people excited because you still had Ron Harper there. You had, mm-hmm. you know, a couple other, like, people we know. Right. But it just... You, heck, Shaq and Kobe. Shaq and Kobe. Right? I mean, um, that was a hell of a dynamic. Yeah. And as a kid, you don't think about it then. You're just like, Shaq and Kobe. Right. Right? Um, but, like, looking back on it now being older and, and knowing how this stuff is, it's like, how did those two work together for even one year? Right. Uh, again, because, like, Shaq's this big goofball, called himself Superman, and he's, like, during the off-seasons, he's doing ride-arounds with, with sheriffs and becoming an, you know, a, <laughs> you know, a deputy. Meanwhile, Kobe's taking, what was it, 800 shots at the... Oh, yeah. uh, uh, I was reading a story about him at the Olympics training center. And he went into the gym at four o'clock and started in the morning. Yeah, started working out, and the trainer who let him in came back at eleven and said, "What time did you finish?" He's like, "What do you mean?" Uh, he had gone seven hours working out, and he was not going to stop until he made eight hundred shots. Yeah, uh, that that's not Shaq in this goofball no. mentality. No. Um, he might have made a few few more free throws if that was. Yeah, but. <laughs> I mean that, that, that was the thing though. Shaq had this personality. He he made the Lakers fun. Kobe didn't. Yeah. I mean, you look at it after Kobe left, or not Kobe after Shaq left. He went to Miami, right? Mm-hmm. And it's Kobe's team now. You know, Kobe forced Shaq out. Right. You know, he went to Doctor Bus and said, "Me or him, who you keep?" Mm-hmm. You know, Shaq was a big man. The game was changed a little bit. He's getting older. He's not as healthy as he used to be. Okay. Yeah. We'll move Shaq. And then we still got this 
physical specimen that is Kobe Bryant. Um, and then, you know, they bring in Pau Gasol, you know, they, they get that, you know, the way they won two titles in three years, um, or maybe two and four, I can't remember exactly. But, like, nobody liked playing with Kobe Bryant, you know? It was a lot like Michael Jordan. Like, you know you're going to win rings all day. You're going to walk away with a bag full of rings. But, you know, also what might happen, he might punch you in practice. You know, he's going to scream at you on the sidelines for because you're not doing it as well as him. It's like, dude, you're Michael Jordan. You're Kobe Bryant. Nobody is going to do it as well as you guys. Like, it's physically impossible to replicate what you can do on a basketball court. Yeah. You know? Like, I'll tell you right now, if I was athletic enough, there's honestly two people I don't want to play with. I don't want to play with Michael Jordan, and I don't want to play with Kobe Bryant. Yeah. Because it just seems like it'd be a good time. Like, I would be more like Shaq. Out there, having fun, cutting up. I mean, that's how I am when I play basketball anyway. Yeah. yeah. I, I have no talent. I'm just out there to have fun. <laughs> you know? But, like, Shaq, I mean, he, like, that, you know, playing in L.A. and being a Laker, it's supposed to be... Like, really, the, the reputation of the team hasn't changed when, you know, uh, Bus bought the team and made mm-hmm. Showtime Lakers. Dude, he had a club in the forum. So you went to the game, and then you went to the forum club. Mm-hmm. You know? Like, it was an experience. Like, it was supposed to be fun. And, like, Shaq kind of embodied that, where Kobe had this really business-like approach. And, and you can't not respect him for it. But, no. I mean, maybe. He's yeah. one of the greatest. Yeah. I mean, dude, even Shaq goofing off. One of the top twenty players to ever put on sneakers, you know. But but does Kobe win twelve? No, no. Because let me tell you right now, um, people forget that Bill Russell, as a player coach, has a ring. <laughs> yeah, I think he won like fourteen titles. You know, he's got some for his toes. Um, and maybe he wasn't as athletic as Kobe Bryant, and maybe he wasn't as dominant physically as Shaq. But you know what he did? He played better fundamental basketball than both of them. Yeah. And that's why, again, he's got a ring for every finger and some for his toes. You know, and people will be like, well, it was a different time, not as many teams. You know, they weren't as good. The players weren't as good. It's like, no, when you have some... But you're still the dominant player of your time. Yeah, but when you have a smaller league, there's more talent on every team. Yeah. You know? Um, I mean, for me, Bill Russell's the best player to ever play in the NBA. Mm -hmm. Uh, Being able to deal with the the political climate of when he played in the civil rights movement. He was very outspoken uh, in in what he believed to be was right and wrong. And then where's he playing in Boston, which was notoriously racist Yeah. um, for decades after baseball integrated. Boston was the last team to sign an African-American player. You know, Phil, you know, Yawkey Way, you know, it's named after an owner, uh, an owner of the Red Sox that said they'll never be a black player in a Red Sox uniform. Yeah. Um, you know, so he's playing in that environment and he's leading teams as a player coach to championships. Um, you know, so for me, Bill Russell is always going to be the standard. Mm-hmm. Um, it may be just because I like my players to be outspoken. I like my players to realize that you have a platform, use it. Um I'm not one of those guys that's going to tell you, hey, grab the ball, go dribble. Like, that's all I want you to do. I, I, I don't think that's what you should expect of somebody like that. No, not at all. You know, especially when people say it's okay for a preacher to say it. It's okay for, you know, this person to be an advocate. But well, why not an athlete? Warren Buffett, he gets a free pass, right? Yep. But LeBron says something? No. Why don't you, why don't you tell Warren Buffett to get his ass back in the boardroom and stop talking to me about <laughs> right. stuff, you know, so. Go do what gets you paid. Yeah, and... yeah you know, I just, I mean, Kobe, he probably should have won more titles, though. I really think he should have. Um, because he just had that ability to push players to, to be better than what they were. Um, like, I'm never going to hate on Kobe. One, I think he would somehow find out about this and he would fly <laughs> down here and beat the shit out of me. Um and two, I just, I really respected it. You know, he's this kid um, who had an idea, I want to play for the Lakers, and he ends up getting traded from Charlotte for Vladi Divac. <laughs> and he becomes this, you know, a top five player ever. Uh, staying in L.A. with the Lakers, Boogie Cousins, uh, he's in trouble. Yeah. Uh, not only does he have the ACL issue, but now a warrant has been issued for his arrest with a domestic violence charge. Yeah, uh, it is officially third-degree harassing communications. Um, 
you know, when we talked about Boogie, when he blew out his knee, you know, we felt bad for him. You mm-hmm. know, we wanted to see him get back on the court, but he recently got married and asked his uh, ex if his son could come, and she said no. And uh, he allegedly called her and said he would put a bullet in her fucking head. And but, now he's got a warrant. He's got a warrant. Um, like, this is this is the worst thing for Boogie because... You know, when he was playing with AD in New Orleans, he was getting ready to sign a huge deal and then blew his Achilles tendon. Takes a shot on himself in, in Golden State, fights through injuries, but shows in the playoffs he still has a place in the NBA. Um, you know, signs that one and a half million dollar deal or whatever, you know, wasn't much. Um, betting on himself again, you know, with the Lakers, he's playing with LeBron, he's playing with Kuzma. And um, it's looking like he's not gonna get that chance. Yeah. You know, because, I mean, you look at, of all the the commissioners of our four big sports, Adam Silver has probably done more to maintain good relations with players, but trying to uh, change the mindsets of how the league is projected. The NBA is catching the NFL yeah. popularity. That's going to happen. Uh, that's not a question. Sooner rather than yeah, later. That's not a question of if and or, you know, it's, 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 it's going when. to happen. Yeah. Um, and Adam Silver has kind of been more active in how the league's going to progress than David Stern was. Mm-hmm. Um, David Stern was the NBA commissioner for like 30 years. And what people our age are going to remember him for is nixing the Chris Paul to the Lakers trade and getting him to the Clippers when the NBA was, you know, the, the governing the, Pelicans. Right. Um, but Adam Silver, when that David Sterling stuff broke, you know, the investigation happened, and within 24 hours, he had suspended him for life. Um, you know, helped facilitate the team being sold to Steve Ballmer. Uh, and now we've got, like, maybe they haven't won a title, but the perception about the Clippers has changed, and Steve Ballmer's been a big part of that. And that starts with Adam Silver saying, you can't say this kind of thing. <laughs> <laughs> You can't do the things you do anymore. Yeah. Because David Stern turned a blind eye and let it happen. You know, he just was like, okay, you do what you got to do, you know, David Sterling, you, no one cares. Right. Um, but, and, you know, Adam Silver, you're not owners anymore, you're governors. Yeah. You know, let's, let's try and, and make this a partnership so we don't have any more lockouts, so we don't have any more strikes. And, you know, we can get more eyeballs and we can catch the NFL. Let's, let's do this together. Um, you know, and he's not going to let players do this. You know, you can't tell anybody, I don't care how pissed off you get, that you're going to shoot them. That's a threat. It is. You know, like, dude, what were you thinking? That does kind of suck that she said, no, you know, your son can't go to your wedding. But, hey, Boogie. You don't get to, you don't get to respond with violence. Yeah, you know, like, that's, that's not the way to go, man. You know, and he went from kind of like this sympathetic figure, and now he's the villain again, mm-hmm. which seems to be his entire career arc. It's just flip-flopping between the two. All right, so <clears throat> uh, it's not quite hockey season, but we do have some marksman news. Uh, Tim, why don't you tell us about our uh, illustrious favorite hockey team? So the marksman recently released their promotional schedule. Right. Um, is there a free beer night? There is not, unfortunately. But there seems to be... A special night every home game. Well, that's... Wow, how many games do they play? I want to say it's like 30 or 40. Okay, it's not so bad. Um, they're doing a Fayetteville Woodpeckers night, which should be fun. Um, embrace embrace the hometown teams, yeah. right? Uh, in fact, just today they released a video of... Uh, in fact, just today they released a video of the Woodpeckers mascot and the marksman mascot doing the get up challenge together uh <laughs> nothing special but it's fun you get you get these teams playing off each other i, yeah. I know the, the marksmen have been at a few woodpeckers games Let, let's just have fun with these minor league teams yeah um they're doing a, a marvel night uh That'd be cool star wars night and the whole league is doing a mossy oak night uh where they're all going to be wearing camouflage jerseys uh at home but cater your base, right? Cater I mean, base. you got it. It is a Southern Professional Hockey I mean, League. Are they going to do a Red Man night and uh, like a Moon Pie and RC Cola night as well? 
No, but maybe you get the, maybe you pull that goalie back. Uh, yes, please, <laughs> please. I wish I could remember just for his Mossy name. Oak Knight. Just bring him back for that game. He's probably like forty something years old now. Doesn't matter. You know? it's, it's it's the SPHL. Yep. We love it. We're gonna hit up several games this year, I'm sure, because I love watching hockey at all levels. Yeah. Hockey is it's one of those sports that I grew up on. Well, this is, uh, I'll tell you right now, this will be the hockey in North Carolina I watch, unless I go to Charlotte, because Tom Dundon can suck a dick. He's not getting a dime from me. I, I went to one Hurricanes game like two years ago, only because the Red Wings were in town, and I wanted to go see the Red Wings play. Yeah, I mean, that's uh, that's my roommate, Tom. He's a huge Red Wings fan. Yeah. Um, and he won tickets like right on the, on the ice, but like I'm not paying for a ticket. Tom Dundon and I still have issues over the AAF, so... It was it was a it was a gift from the wife uh, before See, she was my wife. That's always a good um, thing, man. That that's that is a good gift. She knows what gets you. Okay, so what other nights do we have going for our marksman? Uh, let's see. They're doing a Halloween night, uh, November first. Uh, a wizardry wizardry night, uh, probably very Harry Potter yeah, themed. Yeah. Uh, college slash ladies night. This is this is one that I find is interesting. Is they're doing a game show night. I haven't heard of a sports team doing a game show night. How are they? I wonder, I'm, I'm interested to see how they pull that off. I am too. Uh, that'll be uh, February 7th. Uh, you've got your, your standard military appreciation, February 8th. You've got veterans appreciation, November 15th. Uh, and Operation Sellout, uh, where they're going to try to pack the stadium as much as possible, January 4th. How many seats are at the Crown? Uh, I couldn't tell you off the top of my head. Um, but I'm really curious to see what January 17th is. It's world record night. What record are they going to go for? I hope they bring the world's biggest pizza. That, that would be fun. Free pizza for everybody. Mm -hmm. Um, but it should be fun. Yeah. I mean, Um, that's the great thing about minor league teams. They, they don't take themselves seriously. They, they're just out there playing. I mean, I always, like I said, we've, I've said it a million times. I love minor league sports. Um, the weird promos, the the bad uniforms. I just I love it all. I mean, woodpeckers, you have great uniforms. Not so hot on the marks, no, no. The woodpeckers have impeccable hats. I love every single hat that they put out. Just about. The only one. Just I, about. The only one I don't like is the, the special operations woodpecker. I. It looked too like. I don't know. Like they were trying too hard. Yeah, I mean, I I still. I go through their website and I I could easily list probably ten different hats. Such a nerd. <laughs> I like my my woodpeckers. Hey, you know what? That's that I I have no issue with that because I go on to like the Indians team store and I look and then I see the price and I immediately close the browser. Yeah. Uh, all right, so our woodpeckers made the playoffs. They you, did. Why don't you break down how we got in there? So when we talked last week, I think the magic number was about six or eight. I think it was eight. Um, we've we've been on a tear, and more importantly, Myrtle Beach has been struggling. Um, well, they Myrtle Beach. They went to Fayetteville. Went over to Carolina. They won. Three out of the four, I believe. Not too shabby. Um, including last night, watch uh, was following going into the bottom, going into the top of the ninth. Myrtle Beach goes down, narrows that magic number to one, yep, and, then and we're sitting there five oh five nothing. Those pitchers, three pitchers combined for fourteen strikeouts and three hits last that's, night. That's a good night's uh, work. It, I mean, it's Astros baseball yeah, yeah. and pitching. Those are two things that go hand in hand and. The, the woodpeckers are no exception. No. They have been dominant. In fact, when I looked last, they were dominating tonight too, um, and they're playing down east. Down the east dudes. is down east is who we play in the playoffs. Yeah, uh, we've got our tickets for game one. So excited for that one. Um, I'm I'm going on Sunday to see them play. Okay, I uh, got some free tickets. You're welcome to join if you're available. I am covering. Uh, Pembroke football on Thursday, guys. So, if you would like to have a great seat, because only like four people show up to the games, <laughs> it is our season opener, um, where I will be on the sideline covering for mm. the Pine Needle. But um, the ticket for Sunday's football game is open if you want it. Yep. Um, Let me see what I got going on. But yeah, like 
I, I just I would love to see the Woodpeckers pull this off. Um, it would be so cool to... And they won 8-1 against Down East today. Nice. In Fayetteville. Like, it would be really cool to, you know, opening day next year. They be hanging that banner. Hang it up, you know? I went to opening day last year, first game. I'm planning on hopefully opening game next year. Well, hopefully. We, and hopefully we'll be watching the banner. Hopefully we'll get, get credentialed, man. Um, that's... So listen to the podcast. Tell right? your friends. Um, you know, I mean, that, that would be really cool. Uh, you don't have a lot of Fayetteville specific, uh, you know, sports coverage. Mm-hmm. So maybe we can get our foot in the door there. That would be excellent because that press box has AC and sitting in the nice balmy Carolina <laughs> spring and summer is not fun for me. Yeah. Um, but yeah, man, I, I just think this, you know, this kind of success early on is going to be great to hook people. Yeah. Um, like if we were, you know, ninth in a 10 team league, <laughs> you know, um, we know how fickle people are, you know, if you're not winning, people don't come. Um, I mean, look at, I mean, uh, look at, the, you know, the Marlins 95 or uh, 97, man, Joe Robbie stadium or whatever the name was at that time was packed. Wayne Heisenko sells every player he's got. That thing's empty. You know, like it's just. Fans are a fickle group of people, man. Like they want to be, they want to back winners, but sometimes you just got to put up with those lean, horrible years, like we Cleveland fans. And we are sitting this year third, uh, fourth in the league in attendance. Not too shabby. Uh, thirty six hundred uh, average. See, that's a good number for right? our initial season, um, especially when you look at Bowie's Creek. You know, who I, are the reigning champions? Yeah. So while while it wasn't the Woodpeckers, yeah. it's still we are reigning champions yeah. in this league. Bowie's Creek. I mean, you're, you're playing at Campbell. I mean, it's a beautiful stadium for mm-hmm. you know a small college team, but like there's no seats in the outfield. <laughs> it's everything's along the first and third base line. So you know they've got an actual home now. Uh, you know a stadium full of people. Uh, you know they're there to watch good baseball, and we've we've been extremely lucky. Um, to, to have that happen this mm-hmm. season. Like, this is a good team. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's got a good organization behind it. And the Astros, which I hate. Uh, I actually found out they do not do host families. They don't? No. Uh, the Astros have a, a bunch of rooms and help with transportation <laughs> oh, and stuff. Oh, my gosh, really? <laughs> but there are no host families for the Woodpeckers. I found that out tonight. I thought you'd find that interesting. That is. Most uh, teams don't do that. They, yeah. they put them with host families. The, the Astros decided not to do it. They didn't want to. You know what? I'd rather have them with host families. <laughs> if I'm the owner yeah. and I'm putting the money for all my minor league teams... No, sir. This is your first time away from home. I'm not putting you in a hotel by yourself. That is how bad things happen. That's how players get tattoos and STDs, and they wake up in a pile of their own vomit on an off day. Okay? That is not who we want representing Fayetteville, because the military does that already. <laughs> but, yeah. So, you know, we, we're, we're heading into the playoffs next week. Uh, games 1 and 2 are the 4th and 5th here in Fayetteville. 6th, 7th, and 8th down in Kinston. 7th and 8th if necessary. It's a nice stadium, um, Kinston. Yeah, it's a best of five series. So we uh, could win three. It's best of five. Yeah. Um, and then I think it's the 12th, 13th, and 14th would be the championship games here in Fayetteville. And they do the first uh, half champ against the second half champ, right? Cor- well, so it's, it's first half champ against second half champ in the division round. Okay. Uh, so that's why we're playing Down East. Down East won the first half. We're actually sitting at the top of the division. Uh, when we talked last week, we were about a half game behind Down East. Now we're After everything going, we're uh, looking at potentially taking over the top uh, top score or top record in all of the Carolina League for the second half. That's what I like to hear. Uh, we were, let's see. Always back a winner. We are, uh, we're a game back behind Salem now. Uh, but I don't know how they how Salem's doing tonight. Winston Salem. No, Salem. Salem. The Salem Red Sox. Where are they? Oh, Salem Mass. Yes. Oh man. Uh, Winston Salem is the dash. the dash. Yeah. But Salem. I didn't, I didn't know it went all the way up to Mass. Yeah. Uh, unless there's a Salem, Virginia. Uh, but Salem beat Carolina tonight, so they're going to stay a full game ahead. But we're in competition for best in the second half. Yeah. Um, so keep it up, Woodpeckers. We're behind you. Please. All uh, right. We, we, we need titles. We live in North Carolina. 
and our favorite teams seem to let us down except once in 60-something years. And let's face it, if you are anything but a Carolina basketball fan, you're a fan of any other North Carolina team, they don't win shit. So get us something. Yep. Packers, let's do this. <laughs> yep. uh, but that'll bring tonight's episode to a close. For Mac, I'm Tim. Thanks for sharing with the hometown crowd. Peace.